Optimize My Life, the ultimate radio show where we unlock the secrets to living our best lives. Now, before we dive into this exciting journey of self-improvement and empowerment, I want to take a moment to thank our incredible sponsor, The Hope Collection, for making this show possible. Their unwavering commitment to spreading hope and positivity in our lives is truly remarkable. We believe in the power of interaction, so we want you to be a part of this incredible journey. Call in, write to us, or connect on social media. We'd love to hear your questions, experiences, and challenges. Together, we'll create a thriving community of like-minded individuals, supporting each other to thrive and shine. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It is Wednesday already, which means it is Nutrition Matters with Beth Wyman. Welcome. Hi, Mary. It is Wednesday. It comes so quickly. Everything has been flying by lately. I am. I Like I was telling you earlier, I just got done with a health fair, so I am doing this from my car in Vermont, and it's so lovely to have things that you can just call in and record, and I don't have to be somewhere physically to do this. That is like the coolest thing about modern technology. Cause I think back to the old radio shows and all the equipment they'd have to drag over, set up to do, you know, events. And now we can just do it from our yeah. phones. It's a different way of doing it. And I don't, like, I don't, I didn't know anything about the old way of doing it. This is all I've ever known. Pretty cool. I, I used to anyway. um, waitress and bartend at dance club back in the day when I was young. So we'd have different radio stations come in and do promotions and host during certain days of yeah. the week. So I got to watch it. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, yeah. So today... I thought we could, um, well, actually, yeah. So I was reading, I'm sure many other people have seen, maybe, I don't know, come out. There was an article, a research article that came out about how much protein you can tolerate at one time um, and how it's actually a lot more than we originally thought, which, like, from a practicing end is really cool because, we were always taught and told, like, you can only absorb a certain amount at a time. After that, it's just kind of, like, wasted. Um, but for anybody who has, either has higher, like, for whatever reason, has higher protein needs, that means that they would need to, like, eat frequently throughout the day, get in everything they needed. But there's new research coming out that's showing that, no, you actually, you can absorb um more than 30 grams, the 
the research capped it at 100 grams, but it's the way that the results came out there, like it could be more than that, but that's just the parameters that they had set. Um, it just makes it that much easier for anybody who does have really high protein needs. They don't necessarily have to have the burden of eating small meals all day long. They can have like your typical three meals and a snack and protein at once. Um, so it's pretty interesting. I saw it obviously on social media first. Um, I feel like that's how everything comes out. And I'm like, this is not, I don't know. I'm so skeptical. I think everything is immediately wrong. Um, it was very, very interesting to read the article and see that there is true research behind this um, that will, it's going to change the way I practice, right? So it'll probably change the way that any other dietitians are practicing as well with their recommendations. And it's, it's cool to be part of a field that's continually evolving. And we're just, we have better research capacities to really see how food impacts our bodies, continually learning more and more. Um, and then it's up to the role of the clinician or the dietitian to adjust as you learn. Uh, but that's some super cool new stuff that's coming out in the field of nutrition right now. <laughs> you know, I love the fact that, you know, you have this, healthy variation of skepticism because so many people I think back to the old um, insurance or uh, was it a life insurance or a health insurance um, commercial about you know because it's on the internet it must be true oh I yes I know what you're talking about and I don't remember but I don't remember what the commercial was for yeah because, you know, like Wikipedia, you know, I was looking at my kids' paperwork, and they actually allow Wikipedia as a resource now. And I'm sitting here looking at it, I'm like, how is that? It's not vetted. It's not it's, facts. I mean, some things are, but not everything. It's. I think that Wikipedia has also evolved from what it was when it first started. I mean, I don't know a ton, but I think that it, I I don't know. I think it goes through some sort of vetting process now. Well, not my resource resource of choice by any stretch. Um, Because there's, you know, the collection of, of other people's research, right? still not like a peer-reviewed journal by any stretch. Which is like when I'm looking for something, I'm looking at is it peer-reviewed? Like has it, who actually did the research? Who funded it? Um, Those are all really important things to look for that you're not necessarily going to know when you're looking at like a Wikipedia article. I think I think they have to put their sources in too. I'm not sure, but it yeah, thing it 
times change. Definitely. It's some, that, something that will certainly change the way I approach like meal timing and spacing. Um, you know, for I don't have anybody. I don't see anybody that's on dialysis because typically people in a dia- on dialysis have a dietitian at the dialysis center. I think that's a big population that has high protein needs or any of like my um, like bodybuilders or anybody like just prepping for a physique competition. Those people have really high protein needs. Um, so it just adjusts and makes it a little bit easier for them. Um, one thing that was interesting in there though, is that they did it with milk. Um, as the protein source, which technically has two different kinds of protein in it. It's got whey and casein. And um, so part of it could have been that there's two different types of protein and your body acts a little bit differently with each one of them. So I would be really interested to see if, like, how all of their research kind of holds up and if it can be replicated with other protein sources too. So I'm like looking forward to somebody else doing that research, not me. <laughs> no, that's what I like is that, you know, you, there's so much information and as long as you check the sources and see that it's duplicatable. Yeah. It makes it so that's much easier. That's the big one with this. Is to figure out if they can, if they can do the same thing with different proteins, or is it specific to milk? Um, but it it appears that it's because what they actually do is look at the amino acids. So like the the building blocks of protein are amino acids. So they look at the amino acid concentration in um, like in the blood work uh, at certain intervals after eating, and they saw like. Yeah, you get this crazy spike when you have a huge amount of protein, but it doesn't immediately drop, that it stays in there for a long time. So it should it should work the same with different proteins, um, which would be wonderful. It would be it would also be interesting to see like how high can you go before it doesn't make a difference anymore. Which is sort of very niche research to see just like how high can you go? Like what is the upper limit before it doesn't matter anymore? Um, Because I don't like a hundred grams of protein at once is a lot. Um, You got to think like every ounce of meat is about seven grams. So you're looking at eating, I don't know, mental math, a significant amount of meat. Right. What's a hundred? Now I want to do the mental math, and it's just not going to math in my head. And I'm on my phone, so I don't have my calculator. <laughs> I'm not that smart. Yeah, you're like you're not going to sit down to all that. <laughs> it's not an amount that you would normally sit down to, right? Because even if you sat down to a ten ounce steak, you're only looking only right at seventy grams of protein. So you're looking at a large amount of protein dense food that isn't typically reached. Um, 
So 100 was a really nice upper limit. It gave you a lot of data to work with, for sure. And then, yeah, so exciting updates. So how do eggs fit into that category? So eggs, um, so all of the protein in eggs is in the egg white. And that would be the same kind of thing. Like you could be getting your protein from, I mean, the the understanding is that this can be like used for any protein source because of how they watched the amino acid components, like once it was broken down. So it should be able to be used for meat, egg whites, uh, protein from beans, wherever you're getting your protein source from. Like you don't have an upper limit um, on protein intake, not 100 grams, it's higher. Um, what I actually usually do with eggs is because each egg is about seven grams of protein. Um, and like personally, I like to spread my fat intake throughout the day. So like one egg isn't going to be enough for me, but if I have like two or three eggs, then I've also had all those yolks and it's going to throw me off for my other meals for the day of like being able to spread out my fat intake. So what I usually do is I'll do one whole egg and then two egg whites. So that I'm getting the protein of three eggs, but only the fat of one egg. Um, and that's my my little, I guess, like easy switch for when you're eating eggs to make it a high protein, definitely not low fat, but high protein, adequate fat breakfast would be something like one whole egg, two egg whites, and then whatever, toast, fruit you got to get something else in there besides just eggs, otherwise you're going to get hungry again. You want that nice balance with some carbohydrates. I guess you could do it with eggs. That would be... Now I'm thinking of all the ways to potentially make something that would be that high in protein. Um, I about it on here before that I'm helping somebody that's prepping for a like physique, like a bodybuilding competition. And um, so we've been trying to come up with some like really high calorie shake recipes, um, which is actually a big throwback to my time when I worked with cancer patients trying to get in extra calories. Uh, So we were modifying some recipes the other night and I'm like, some of them actually called for liquid egg whites. So where you buy it in the carton. Those are typically, you'd have to check, but a lot of times they're pasteurized. So you can eat them raw or put them into a shake without having cooked them. Still freaks me out, but you can do it. It is safe. So if you wanted to, you could do it with eggs and use a liquid egg white and make it into a shake somehow with other stuff. There's so many possibilities. That's kind of sometimes the overwhelming aspect of it is too many. And that's, yeah, um, that's why I typically try to have people focus on things that they actually enjoy um, rather than getting hum, hung up on what you, quote, unquote, should be eating um, because then you get caught up, caught up on like, oh, my gosh, I heard black beans are really good for me. I need to, I'm, I should be eating those. Oh, I heard like. I don't know, something else. Oh, I heard avocado is really good for me. I should be eating that. And you're like, well, where do all these things fit? 
right? Like, and then you're trying to get in all these things, but don't know how they fit in. And it just, that's when I find that it gets really overwhelming for people. So they're like trying really hard to do the right thing, but are just inundated with what everybody's telling them is quote unquote good. Um, which, and then that's where I come in, right? To simplify things and dial it back and say like, yeah, like avocado is great. And so are black beans. And this is how you put them into your diet. Like an avocado is a fat. And so you can use it. It actually works really well um, when I'm making tuna fish. I haven't done this in a while. Instead of mayonnaise. So I do um, tuna, avocado, and everything bagel seasoning. I wonder if I would tolerate that. It's been a while since I've been able to eat avocado and not get, like, stomach cramps from it. But... So I'm not going to try that, but it is really tasty when I used to eat avocado. But, right, it's replacing the fat, so it's replacing the mayonnaise. And it's not that it's bad, it's just watching how much of it you're having. A serving of avocado is actually only a quarter of an avocado. Um, so if you're slicing up half an avocado and eating it, you're having two servings, and you just need to know that and account for it. Um, and then balancing it with other stuff like I don't know I know avocado toast I think is still trending I see it on menus and things and if you're getting like a nice whole grain toast with lots of fiber you're getting in avocado it's probably more than one serving which you just need to account for it protein component especially with breakfast it's such a missed opportunity to start your day off getting in enough protein and so if you have the option, adding in like an egg white on top of it, since you're already getting your fat from the avocado, would be ideal. Now I want that. I don't even like avocado. I think I'm just hungry. <laughs> now, that sounds delicious with like some like hot honey on it, like a spicy honey. Um, would be delicious. But again, it's balancing it out. You're getting in a nice high-fiber carbohydrate from your whole grain bread. You're getting in a good source of fat from your avocado, and then you're getting in a nice protein source from your egg, from the egg white. And so learning how to balance it, and that's, that is the reason I moved to doing like an exchange-based system when I'm working with clients, which is you how to eat right? Like I could also hand you a menu and say, this is what you're eating for the next week. And I'm actually moving into doing something like that as well for the people who just genuinely are so overwhelmed, cannot learn right now. Right. So there's a need for everything, but for people that are, are ready and open and able to learn about how to put together foods so that they're feeding themselves well. The exchange system works beautifully because you can tell, like, how much you're having at each meal eventually very quickly. After, like, a few weeks of working in it, it becomes pretty intuitive of figuring out how much is on your plate and knowing, like, whether or not you're going to get everything you need out of a meal or if you're missing a component, right, because you know, like, hey, I need – three servings of vegetables today and it's dinner and I haven't had any yet. So either I'm going to be short today 
or I need to double up on my veggies for dinner and at least get in two. Um, so it's a cool, it, it simplifies it. So there's not as much noise. Or if you hear like, hey, I heard black beans are good. Let me see how those fit in, right? And black beans are, any kind of beans are going to be a, um, a high carb protein. And it just means that they double dip. They count as carbs and protein. So when you're eating them, it just, it, it's kind of nice, especially for somebody who needs like a large volume of food for some reason. Beans work really well because it's going to help you pick off the boxes of protein and carbohydrates all in one tiny little bean package. Um, and a serving size for the system is only a third of a cup, if I'm remembering correctly off the top of my head. So they're, now I'm on like a bean tangent. Beans are, are excellent um, because of the fiber content too, right? So they have protein. They have some nice carbohydrates in them that also have a great amount of fiber. And that's what makes some people a little gassy. Um, but your body eventually gets used to it and seeing that fiber and it helps to feed your gut bacteria and keep your gut healthy. And then if your gut is healthy, your immune system is stronger and you stay healthier. And there's just this huge positive feedback loop. Once you start to get into better eating habits and eating like I hate saying like more whole foods because then I feel like people think of like that whole 30 diet I think, but it, it really is like you're looking for things that are like higher fiber, less, I think less refined is probably the right word. Um, I really hesitate on saying like less processed because there are, especially like bread products or like tortilla products where they've actually processed it a little bit more and added more fiber into it. And those can be a great choice for helping reach fiber goals and things like that. So like processed isn't necessarily bad. It's what's being done. Like, is it being processed to refine it? So it's a nice smooth white sugary texture or is it adding in more vitamins and adding in like fortifying the product somehow that genuinely helps you know there's a good and bad side to um like mass production of food definitely and so teasing out where those are and figuring out how to I know I've said this on here, like how to shop and read the labels and find like what is a right fit for you becomes so important and helps eliminate some of that like overwhelm. Like we're bombarded in social media and online. And I mean, I feel like sometimes there's even news articles that come out um, and then there's also walking into the grocery store and all, I mean, the front of the package on all the products is there to sell you the product and get you to buy it. So you're also being bombarded with, um, you know, marketing while you're in the grocery store too. Another reason I always 
encourage people to make a list because then you know what you're there for and you're not picking what's being sold to you. You're picking what you actually need. Huge budget saver too. (laughs) To go in with a list, you end up reducing food waste because you have already planned out what you need and you're um, usually you reduce how much you spend at the store because you're not just grabbing things that look good. That's and actually one of the things I found when I oh, – go ahead. Um, you're not going to pick something as you walk in that's on sale because you're going yeah, there with an you're idea. you're not buying – so, yeah, that is that is one of the biggest things of like, oh, well, I bought it because it was on sale. And I'm like, but then you didn't actually save anything because it's money you weren't going to spend. Um. My one, like, I, so, I guess, my, like, approach, if you will, to the grocery store is I write out what I'm going to eat for the week. So, like, what the kids and I are going to have, what I, and that tells me, okay, what needs to be in the house. But what I will do is, like, I'll look at what's on sale, not at every store. Like, some people get really into it and look at all the sales circulars from all the stores in their area and, where I am, one grocery store chain just left, but we've got like two major grocery store chains. And then you could also start looking at like what's on sale at Walmart. There's also Aldi's. You could look at that. You could look at like what's on sale at Trader Joe's. You can get really overwhelmed again by it. And so it's dialing it back. Where are you actually going to go? Because I'm not driving to six stores. And seeing what's on sale, and you can actually plan your meals based on that. And so sometimes that's what I'll do, like, with meat. Like, if I know, like, chicken is on sale that week or fish is on sale that week, I'll plan my menu around that. But then still, like, it is saving me money because that's what I intended to buy. Certainly can play into it, but it's that pre-planning piece that really makes a difference um, when it comes to going into the grocery store going in you know they say if you don't have a plan you plan to fail um you'll end up with so much stuff i went grocery shopping with my brother over the summer and he does it that way he just goes in and like meanders and buys stuff and like does two laps around the store and i just i was along for the ride (laughs) i couldn't i was like i cannot handle this and I cannot help you. I will just be with you. I'll do that, like, on a Saturday or Sunday where it's, like, my break from the kids, so I'm in no hurry, and I have no idea what I'm going to mm-hmm. cook. And it's just more me just having my quiet time. <laughs> <laughs> That's different. <laughs> but usually I'll yeah, go to the store You are accomplishing with... exactly what you need. <laughs> exactly. And uh, otherwise, I'll go in. If I don't have a physical list, I'll have a mental list. And my husband's learned now to write out a list just for the fact that I'll call him because I'll, for, I'll forget what we have. And I'm like, well, do we have this or do we need this? What yes. do we need? I go, I'm doing this once, so we're not doing, I'm not going back. Otherwise, yeah. if you don't have that list yeah. or that idea, you're running back to the store three or four times in a week. 
Well, and what happens is I I sometimes think that I can do a mental list. I very much cannot. But every once in a while I think that I can. And I go into the store and I get most of what I needed, right? Like I'll get most of it. And then I'll like buy certain things that I was out of like two weeks ago. And I'm like, did I actually get that? Do I have more of it? So right now I have three unopened boxes of graham crackers in my house. And then one that's open because I've panic bought graham crackers. Um, And it's just, thank God that it takes forever for them to actually go bad. So it'll be fine. But it's, you get to this point of like, are you remembering what's on your current list or are you remembering what was on a previous list and thinking that you still need it? So the mental, one of my, my 2024 things, right? Not resolution necessarily, but things that I want to like work on and work towards and do is really like, like brain dump more and get more out of my head um, so that I'm not, continually trying to think about it and keep it at like a quick recall level in my memory. Um, so grocery lists are one of them. Uh, I no longer call them to-do lists. I call them results list. I have a chiropractor friend that taught me that. She calls them her results list instead. And uh, just getting it out so that I can go be super present and not worry about what I'm supposed to be remembering, basically. <coughs> and two, you're not always sitting there scanning through that, that digital list that's in your head. And I mean, the beauty of, of having our phones with us, put it in your phone in a note. Like, I'm There's still, that. I carry my There's... planner with me, but... I use is a really cool grocery app. It's called Got Milk. And cool. they have a free version and they have a paid version. The paid version is like two bucks. And um, oh. you can actually sync it to your grocery store you go to if it's a, a, a well-known chain, not a mom and pop. There might be more mom and pops on there now. So you can actually, when you're making your list, you can scan your barcodes on like your soups and your stuff and they'll program it automatically in so you can program this is what I need every week on a weekly basis but also it'll tell you what aisles they're on in the grocery store if oh, they're going to that particular nice. store yeah that's really nice that you can know exactly where it is too especially if it's like a one-off thing that you don't always get and you can't always find. For some, for me, for some reason, it's always Chex Mix. I have, like, the hardest time finding that. And um, my children love Slim Jims. <laughs> <coughs> what a thing to have your dietician say, but they do. It is, I am fully aware of how incredibly processed they are. Um, but they are a great shelf-stable protein source, so uh, they enjoy a good Slim Jim. But for some reason, Chex Mix and Slim Jims, I usually have a lot of trouble finding. For what, I don't know. So they it'd be are, great to know, like, exactly what aisle to go to. Um, I always think when you think when you say Slim Jims, I always think of Macho Man Savage, the wrestler. Used to do the oh commercial gosh. for it. <laughs> I grew up on wrestling, so... 
Oh, see, we were not allowed to watch it. I've seen it as an adult, and, like, it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't do it for me. But I think also because I don't have any nostalgia associated with it. It's a, <coughs> I'm still dealing with allergies and head colds. Um, oh, jeez. Well, you know what's insane is Minnesota's been in like the 50s the last two weeks. So, like, the move has been actual somewhat pleasurable. Trying to move boxes, not bundled yeah, up. Yeah, that's it's not been bad. Insane. Only can us, been, you know, northern states say 50 degrees in January is a heat wave. I know. I'm like, oh, that sounds nice. It's almost short weather. Um, yeah. So with being sick, my daughter actually, before I got on this call, my daughter's school called for her to come home sick. And I'm like, I am not in the state today. I, you can call her father, who didn't pick up, which he works nights. It's not like he just doesn't pick up. He's sleeping. Um, so my mom was going to get her. We're doing some sort of weird cold going through our house. It's like she has apparently now gotten. It's just hard to get rid of. Yeah, but it is warm. Yeah, I'm hoping that she just sit off and it's good for tomorrow. Not that everybody was worried about my child's health, but. Oh, we're all worried. Speaking of which, Ron just had his surgery. Oh, he, how did it go? Do we know? It went really well. He actually went home. They kept him only a couple hours um, longer than they planned, but he went home yesterday. He's got a nurse coming in every day to check up on him and help him out, but um, yeah, he's doing really good. He had no problems this time around like he did last time. That's so wonderful. I'm glad that it was so smooth. Any kind of, uh, like, procedure always carries risks, and you just never, you never know. Well, it was ironic, too, with him, because I don't know if, as I missed last Wednesday's show, but if he talked about it or not, he ended up with a a really severe ear infection. And from there, they noticed there was something wrong with the way he was swallowing. So they sent him to a specialist. And the specialist within five minutes of joining the test figured it out that the flap for where you you breathe wasn't closing properly. So food could go down there into his lungs. Yeah. Yeah. He was talking about like that test and the, like that little flap not working quite right. Um, That swallowing. So in a clinical setting, like, and especially like where I, my very last clinical uh, place I was at with doing like long-term care we worked very closely with speech therapy and figuring out how how to make the right textures make it palatable and make sure that people were meeting their nutrient needs right so there's kind of this huge balance going on and it can get it can get difficult definitely um, I was actually and also at the health fair I was just at, I was making pureed food. <laughs> but but from the end of, like, how to make baby food, right? But it's the same thing. It's the same 
instructions with making pureed food for an adult, just instead of doing like broth or juice or something, you just always use either breast milk or formula. When we were in the army, we had to learn how to do all that. When we were taking our nutrition courses and becoming nutritionists, Buddy, who figured yeah. out how to make a steak dinner into a pureed dinner, look good and taste good. He did it with yeah. pizza, too. And that's the thing is truly the taste is not that different. What it's lacking is the texture and the visual appeal. So there's like, what did he do to make it look appealing again? Yeah, because I tried it turned to look like poop. <laughs> yeah. I, did he yeah, like? Was, did he like form it back into the right shape? No, um, it, it ended up being blended meals, and he did it. What he ended up doing was when, when he did the steak, he chilled it, so it was more harder. And then he mixed everything okay. separately, then put it together, so it kind of stayed separate, but so the colors didn't blend. So it actually looked okay. like a like a parfait almost. Yeah, yeah, that's cool to do it like that and do it in, like, layers, kind of. Yeah, so like did a it, savory you know, like the, parfait. Yeah, you know, like the steak on the bottom, mashed potatoes, and he did it just right so the gravy would run down it just right and mix it. I mean, it was really cool. It took him a little bit longer to make it. I was willing to it's, eat it. Honestly, it's worth the couple extra seconds, yeah, because then you get somebody's actually going to eat it. Yeah, and it's there in like a hospital or institution type setting. I guess you could probably order it for home too. You can get these molds where you puree the food and then pour it into this mold. So say like you puree carrots, pour it into this mold that looks like a pile of baby carrots and chill it. I think you have to chill it. That's a good question now. But anyway, it'll hold the shape. And look like well, a pile on, of baby carrots, but it's great. It depends on which mold you get. Because I bought some a, a couple different ones yeah. when my kids were little because I decided to make their own food because I wanted to be yeah. one of those moms. And the, the one mold comes with, like, that's underneath it, so it automatically chills it. And the other one you just put in the fridge yeah. and it doesn't have that on there. It's, but it's so cool in terms of, like, palatability because you still get the visual appeal. Like, you're never going to make a crispy pureed food. Like, it just doesn't – it's never going to happen. But you can make it look nice, like how – like like the like the parfait-type setup or a molded-type setup. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we we eat with our eyes before our mouth, so – that visual appeal is very important. Our eyes like and our nose. It delicious, but if it looks horrible. Yeah. Yeah, because I've I, had, like, I've had pureed French toast. Flavor is there. It was still French toast with maple syrup. It just did not look like that at all. The secret to pureed French toast is you mix the syrup, or even pancakes, you mix the syrup in with the eggs when you're um, making the French toast. So it blends into okay. the bread itself. 
That was the only uh, secret he was willing yeah, to share I don't with know me. How... <laughs> I have no idea how we got to pureed food. I... Oh, Ron, and making sure that yeah. he can swallow well. Good. I'm glad. I'm like, how did we get here? I'm glad that he can swallow well and he doesn't, you know, there's no risk of pneumonia when he eats and drinks now. Because that's, um, it's, you know, that can be scary when you know that a part of you isn't working correctly. Yeah. Especially. Well, that'd be interesting to, to try making a Slim Jim puree. <laughs> I try so hard not to yuck anybody's yum. So if somebody out there really enjoys a period Slim Jim, I'm like, if you want everybody to turn us off, I can go through my thought process of how you would need to do that. Because <laughs> you'd have to take the casing off. Because there's, there's a casing on a Slim Jim, so you'd have to take that off. And then puree it. Because occasionally my daughter will peel her Slim Jim. So. <laughs> you know, it's amazing how I kids get... can, can peel the, the finest little bit off. I mean, I watch my son do it on, like, hot dogs and stuff. He will literally peel the casing off. And watching how it, it's just so cool. Yeah. It's a, it's a great task There's for them. So, a very good, fine motor scale. Yes. And they just, I love the way that they can hone in on details, right? Like that, like how to peel off that casing and taking the time and effort to do it. Or like my son, my eight-year-old, gave me a little bit of a moment the other day where I had put like like powdered stevia into my tea and it was sitting on the top of the tea bag and we were watching it dissolve. And that just, you know, it's something I don't take the time to do when like, why would I? But it's in the effort of increasing like my own mindfulness, right? We did, we sat there together and watched the stevia dissolve. Um, and like, it ended up being really fun and talking about like, I don't know, we made up like little things that the stevia crystals would be saying like as the water is approaching them and like crying for their life. But it was a nice, one, it was like a nice moment to share with him. And two, it was great to help me slow down. And I feel like children are so much better at that than adults are of taking the time to notice and deal with details of things around them and then we rush them and are like, come on, we got to go. You're taking too long. Like now is not the time. It's like genuinely sometimes it is not the time, but um, yeah, we kind of lose out on that sometimes. No, it's kind of fun listening to them because we'll get different voices too. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a blast and it was a nice little, reset moment for me to check in with how rushed I was. So I was very happy to take that moment. You know, it was fine that bedtime was a couple minutes late that night. I know um, there's a good YouTube, or it's on Facebook too, it's on YouTube too. It's a good series for kids to watch, a mom and her kids, to explain to kids about not taking or drinking things that you don't know what they are. 
especially little kids. You know, they'll grab a glass sitting on the counter or something, and they'll drink it. Oh, okay. And, oh, and you so know, like, like the series is like explaining. Yeah, she uses like different like vinegars and things like that, and explains. You know, okay, here's a glass of water. It looks like water. Here's a glass of vinegar that looks like water, but you don't know that that's yeah. not water. And then she'll like dump a little bit of vinegar, and she'll. This is what happens to your stomach when you eat or drink things or take medicines or something that you don't know what it is, and it's not for you. It's almost and like, kids, I don't know, it reminds me of, like, dare. It does, but, you know, I, um, my daughter yeah. started watching it. Good afternoon, everybody. How are you? We were just talking about you. I knew that my yes. ears were burning. Hi. Hi, how are you today, Beth? <laughs> I'm I great. How are I you feeling? I didn't expect to make it, but I got home last night. Uh, you know, they threw me out. You know, they don't want. They never want to keep you. Uh, and I managed to yeah. uh, live the best drive from the uh, getting in and out of the car because I had to bend my knee to do that. And since I just got it replaced, it wasn't cooperating. And uh, but we got there, and I got up this morning, and I got to in the living room to the bath bedroom, and I got to, just came back out because I have a visiting nurse come to check up on me and do after surgery. Oh, but I wanted to call and say hi and let you know I made it. I made it. I made it. Prayer and good doctors works every time. That's wonderful. I'm so glad that it went well and that you're home. Yeah, they never want to keep you. It's honestly better to recover at home. So that's great to hear that you're back. Yeah. Well, I just want to thank Thank you again and again. Welcome. Uh, now you're now you're a uh, uh, veteran, but you got have the show, <clears throat> the show for a few months, and uh, you're official on the board. So when your people call in, they can have great confidence that the board of the Hope Collection has both. We use the word vetted just to be polite to say we checked you out. Um, we're so excited yeah. that you're here, and we can depend that you are giving not just common sense, but legitimate sources and legitimate thoughts for anybody trying to improve their health. And uh, you and Mary are just doing a crack job on that, and I want to say thank you. And, again, I appreciate your prayers. So I got to run, but I wanted to say hi. Oh, thank you, Ron. Have a great day. You too. I'm gonna talk to you later. Bye bye. Oh, I know what it is. I just took. I have a pain pill that I took as I got out of bed, and uh, I think that's pretty good. And so it should. I'll go back to sleep. Talk to you later. Bye bye. Bye. Hi. He sounds like he's in a good mood. Pain pills will do that. <laughs> Yeah, but that we'll have to take a look at that of like things that you should and should not drink, especially it could be as simple as vinegar versus a cup of water. It's not going to be a pleasant experience if you accidentally drink the vinegar. 
Right? Well, like, you know, we went through this a couple times with my daughter when she was little. You know, I'd have a glass of wine on the counter and I, as I'm cooking dinner, and she'll grab it and take a drink out of it. Thinking it was juice. Because now I'm trying to think if my children have ever been ones to like, <laughs> grab and drink somebody else's drink. <laughs> Mine steal my water bottles I don't all like the time. Weird and don't like to share water bottles. Like if I if we're out one, but I have one for some reason, I'm like, here, take a sip of mine, and they're like, mm. and it's no, I don't know where that comes from. We don't really share drinks. Thing this about my family, and I'm like, where does that come from? My daughter will take a sip of my drink. Mom doesn't really do it. Like if we, if I know we're going to be out, like each one of us has a, their own bottle or Gatorade or whatever we're drinking for the day. Grab and drink. Of children, it's not for lack of being curious, and it's not for lack of being up at counter height because they right up on like a sewer or something. Mhm. To drink out of not my son, not so much anymore. But my daughter very much enjoys a glass cup with a straw. Yeah. It's, and maybe, you know what, actually, if you want to share, like, just share that into the Optimize My Life group, that way anybody else that's listening can go ahead and find that same resource um, because it can be helpful for plenty of people. Yeah, I'll go through my stuff this afternoon and, have that. and yeah. post it. Let's see. I feel like we've covered a run of things today. Usually I try to stay like decently focused and I feel like today has been a run of protein balanced breakfast. My exchange system great food. It's a good, yeah. Well, you can tie it all together with the exchange system, I suppose. That's a very unifying uh, item. Everything fits in it. I was, I was actually just trying to explain it to somebody else who's very used to getting caught up in, like, you know, grams of different things, like how many grams of fat, how many grams of protein, how many, and I'm like, you, you have to let it go. Like, it just doesn't work that way um to, when you're trying to simplify you can't also get caught up in the grams because then you've lost the point of the simplification and that can be really hard and that's usually when i see like some food anxiety stuff that would be another good topic I'll keep a list while we do these actually um i do have that so that's gonna go down. um 
have to pull it back up. Um, that shared um, spreadsheet of the different yeah. topics and different shows. Of I got to add done. to it. Yeah. And different ideas. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a whole list here thing, uh, to do for like fat burners too, because that's something that I've been hearing more and more about in the past few weeks. With people, I mean, part of it's because it's the new year, but people looking at like fat burner supplements. So I've got that one that I think would be good to do. And then what is it? Oh yeah, food anxiety. Which ties, um, the food anxiety thing ties really well into mindful eating because it's like how to let yourself get into that rest and digest state before you eat or like before you're approaching food for whatever reason um, or how to, as an adult, try new things if it makes you anxious, like how to try and interact with new foods. It's a whole cool little, uh, not little, but it's a whole cool section of eating and nutrition counseling around food anxiety. Then with, you know, food anxiety, is a lot of it's caused from childhood. It's, yeah, so either like a childhood thing and and – how the food was presented to you. I was actually just talking to another dietitian about um, she at this health fair was doing this whole thing about what is your earliest food memory, trying to get the parents to realize how impactful their attitudes towards food are for their children too. Um, And so she was saying how like her grandmother doesn't eat green vegetables still because her grandmother has this memory of having to sit at the table until she finished all of her green vegetables and just how miserable that made her, that it still impacts her all these years later. So it's some of it can certainly come from like from childhood and how you were interacting with the food then. Um, And I find that even now, like I've got clients who have developed this like almost like fear of eating like bread right, or pasta or things, and I'm like, it's not, you can't have it, it's how much of it you eat, and like they, like I was saying earlier, it can be a great vehicle for getting in enough fiber, depending on what you're choosing, but they've got this, like, deep fear of actually eating the bread, uh, it's very interesting, well, from a clinical standpoint, it's interesting, from a probably really limiting and really hard um, and so going through, like, no, it is okay to eat those things, and yes, you will still lose weight and you will still be healthy. You'll actually be better off to have more foods and more variety. So I think that, yeah, there's some, like, influence through, as always, like that social media influence of what you should and should not be eating can really create a lot of anxiety for some people around their food choices. Completely unnecessarily. Right. You know, and how you how you as a parent or an adult look at food and, you know, how you look at, at yourself reflects on how your kids look at things. You know, you may yeah, let your kids eat whatever watching. they need or want, but when you start putting yourself down, your kids see that and they blend into that too as they get older. Yeah. And that's like... 
because what they see is like, oh, well, this is what adults do. Like kids get to do this, but then when I become an adult, I have to do it this way instead, you know. And then putting your, you know, your kids on all these restrictive diets because, you know, only healthy eating or only this eating and not giving them the details of why it's better to eat this way as opposed to this way. You know, there's that double-edged sword where, you know, talking to our kids is so important. And they understand far more than we give them credit for. That's the scary part is they really do. Yeah. It They're more than can just be fun faces. and interesting. Keeping it fun and interesting is really what they're looking for, right? Like a lot of the things that people are trying to restrict with like a quote-unquote healthy diet where it's like higher in sugar and higher in refined whatever, it's, those foods are fun and interesting, right? They're like full of colors and things like that. Versus you can make fun and interesting healthy food. Or even, like your buddy did, fun and interesting pureed food, and it's going to get eaten. So it's it's presentation, again. Presentation and how you go about it are huge, right? And if you're excited about the food, um, it, is, it might be more excited, or you might, it might give you a thumbs down on TV like mine did. Perfect. Okay. She even helped make the dinner, and, like, that's supposed to help with, like, food acceptance is if they help make the food, and they both helped me make dinner. My son ate it. I ate it. She gave me a thumbs down, and I'm like, there's a TV crew in our house filming this, and this is what you decided to do today. It was it was a lot of fun. They're always a blast. But as we're at 1 o'clock, I want to make sure that I always shout out that if anybody is looking for more and wants to follow me, um, I'm most active on Instagram, which is at Wyman underscore RD. It does all cross post to uh, my Facebook as well. And something I want to start doing is sharing more of it into uh, Optimize My Life Facebook group too, just to get it out there. Um, if anybody's interested in the meal mindful meal planning workbook, which uses that exchange system that I mentioned, you can actually um, find it. At, you, you link it in the show notes. It's actually even easier for you guys. It's right in the show notes that you can find it and start using my exchange system for yourself. So... Look for Beth on social media. Her planners are linked everywhere. Thank you for joining us today. See us back here next Wednesday for Nutrition Matters with Beth Wyman. Have a good day. Have a good night. Bye for now. Bye. What?